and it can be found on page 187 of the Bible. Then Joshua summoned the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, and said to them, You've done all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded, and you have obeyed me in everything I commanded. For a long time now, to this very day, you have not deserted your fellow Israelites, but have carried out the mission the Lord your God gave you. Now the Lord your God has given them rest as he promised. Return to your homes in the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you on the other side of the Jordan. But be very careful to keep the commandment and the law that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you, to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to keep his commands, to hold fast to him, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. Then Joshua blessed them and sent them away, and they went to their homes. To the half-tribe of Manasseh, Moses had given land in Bashan, and to the other half of the tribe, Joshua gave land on the west side of the Jordan, along with their fellow Israelites. When Joshua sent them home, he blessed them, saying, Return to your homes with your great wealth, with large herds of livestock, with silver, gold, bronze, and iron, and a great quantity of clothing, and divide the plunder from your enemies with your fellow Israelites. So the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh left the Israelites at Shiloh in Canaan to return to Gilead, their own land, which they had acquired in accordance with the command of the Lord through Moses. When they came to Geliloth, near the Jordan in the land of Canaan, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh built an imposing altar there by the Jordan. And when the Israelites heard that, they had built the altar on the border of Canaan at Geliloth, near Jordan, on the Israelite site, the whole assembly of Israel gathered at Shiloh to go to war against them. So the Israelites sent Phinehas, son of El. Eleazar the priest to the land of Gilead to Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. With him they sent ten of the chief men, one from each of the tribes of Israel, each the head of a family division among the Israelite clans. When they went to Gilead to Reuben, Gad, and half-tribe of Manasseh, they said to them, The whole assembly of the Lord says, how could you break faith with the God of Israel like this? How could you turn away from the Lord and build yourselves an altar in rebellion against him now? Was not the sin of Peor enough for us? Up to this very day, we have not cleansed ourselves from that sin, even though a plague fell on the community of the Lord. And are you now turning away from the Lord? If you rebel against the Lord today, Tomorrow he will be angry with the whole community of Israel. If the land you possess is defiled, come over to the Lord's land, where the Lord's tabernacle stands, and share the land with us. But do not re rebel against the Lord or against us by building an altar for yourselves, other than the altar of the Lord our God. When Achan, son of Zerah, was unfaithful in regard to the, to the devoted things, did not wrath come on the whole community of Israel? He was not the only one who died for his sin. 
Then Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh replied to the heads of the clans of Israel, The Mighty One, God, the Lord, the Mighty One, God, the Lord, He knows. And let Israel know, if this has been in rebellion or disobedience to the Lord, do not spare us this day. If we have built our own altar to turn away from the Lord and to offer burnt offerings and grain offerings or to sacrifice fellowship offerings on it, may the Lord himself call us to account. No, we did it for fear that someday your descendants might say to ours, what do you have to do with the Lord, the God of Israel? The Lord has made the Jordan a boundary between us and you, you Reubenites and Gadites. You have no share in the Lord, so your descendants might cause ours to stop fearing the Lord. That is why we said, let us get ready and build an altar, but not for burnt offerings or sacrifices. On the contrary, it is to be a witness between us and you and the generations that follow, that we will worship the Lord at his sanctuary with our burnt offerings, sacrifices, and fellowship offerings. Then in the future, your descendants will not be able to say to ours, you have no share in the Lord. And we said, if they ever say this to us or to our descendants, we will answer. Look at the replica of the Lord's altar, which our ancestors built, not for burnt offerings and sacrifices, but as a witness between us and you. Far be it from us to rebel against the Lord and turn away from him today by building an altar for burning burnt offerings, grain offerings and sacrifices, other than the altar of the Lord our God that stands before his tabernacle. When Phinehas, the priest, and the leaders of the community, the heads of the clans of the Israelites, heard what Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh had to say, they were pleased. And Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the priest, said to Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh, Today we know that the Lord is with us, because you have not been unfaithful to the Lord in this matter. Now you have rescued the Israelites from the Lord's hand. Then Phinehas, son of Eleazar, the priest, and the leaders returned to Canaan from their meetings with the Reubenites, Gadites, and Gilead, in Gilead, and reported to the Israelites. They were glad to hear the report and praised God. And they talked no more about going to war against them to devastate the country where the Reubenites and, Gad and the Gadites lived. And the Reubenites and the Gadites gave the altar this name, a witness between us that the Lord is God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, great. Do keep that passage open. Thanks for reading, Ratna. And uh, let me get this ready. And uh, let's pray together as we start. Oh, Father, thank you for us meeting together here. Thank you for everything you've done. And we pray that uh, you would speak to us, uh, show us Jesus, and help us to live for him. In Jesus' name, amen. Great. Well, I guess the book of Joshua, it has some really familiar stories, isn't it? Uh, the walls of Jericho. Maybe Rahab, the prostitute. Uh, but a story like today, my guess is it's very unfamiliar. And uh, you sit here and you thought, what was that all about? And especially, how can this be relevant to me? Right? We are here in Hong Kong, but this was three and a half thousand years ago. 
Uh, here's a bunch of tribes and from different parts, sides of the Jordan, and talking about an altar. And you think that has so little to do with me. And even if you think maybe, well, altar, sacrifices, okay, something to do with church. You think, well, I go to church two hours a, uh, a week. And then the rest of the time I'm at work or I'm at home. And this chapter seems to have so little to say to that, right? It's so, uh, it's so irrelevant. Or maybe you think it's the other way around. Maybe actually my, my work, uh, my home life, that's irrelevant. That doesn't really matter to God. He's concerned with altars and sacrifices and that kind of thing. I don't know if that is how you feel. The pity is that that is actually the opposite of what this passage is saying. Uh, this passage will tell us that actually these things really matter. Uh, God really cares about uh, Hong Kong, <laughs> about our workplaces, about our home life. Uh, they matter and we can serve the Lord there. But we need to do a little bit of digging uh, to get there because, yeah, uh, it's not the easiest chapter. But I hope you'll bear with me and that we come away, yeah, encouraged. Hey, this is great and, and thankful to Jesus. But I think we need to have a bit of context, isn't it? This is, uh, maybe you're here as a visitor. Uh, what is this all about? Uh, let me go back for a bit of history. So, Joshua, it's all about the promised land, right? God is bringing his people to the promised land, uh, which he promised to Abraham. But that land was always, wait, it was always on the west side of the Jordan. Always on the west side. That was the promised land. But what happened, say, a few years ago, uh, when the Israelites came to the other side of the Jordan, uh, ready to go in, there were a few tribes, Reuben and Gad, and they looked around and they thought, this place is also pretty good, you know? Uh, this is nice and it's good for cattle, we have a lot of cattle. And so they, uh, they asked Moses, actually, can we please stay here? We don't want to go across the Jordan to the Promised Land, we, we like it here. I don't know if that was a good request. Moses certainly, he got angry uh, because, you know, 40 years ago, uh, all of the whole tribe, the whole nation refused to go in and that was a big disaster. And now you again, you don't want to go in? Well, they worked out a deal. They said, okay, uh, we'll, we'll still go in. Yeah, we'll send our fighters, we'll uh, make sure the whole land is inherited and then can we go and live here? And, well, Moses allowed it. God allowed it, and so Israel, after that, it looked, yeah, like, like this, like, uh, next slide, like the, yeah, the, 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 we had the east and the west. So if you, in my talk, I'll talk about, yeah, the, the eastern tribes and the western tribes. Now you know that. Israel had two parts on each side of the Jordan. Well, that is what this is about. Uh, now they've done their thing, they went over, and they, you know, everything is done. Now it's time for them, well, to go home. And what are we supposed to learn here? Well, first of all, I guess the overall point of these chapters, you can see it there. Uh, we need to hear that we, yeah, this is about being loyal to the Lord, faithful to the Lord. After all, that is in every each of these chapters what you hear. I mean, before this, it was all about what God has done, right? God has been completely faithful. Look again at the, if you have a Bible, the verse just before here. Uh, God's faithfulness, 21 verse 45. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. 
everyone was fulfilled. God has done everything he promised. He's given them all of the land, everything. And now how are we going to respond? And we get three chapters that all start with Joshua summoning people and telling them, well, stay loyal. Uh, just like here. Uh, tribes, well done. You've done what you said you would. Now go home. Verse 5. But be very careful to keep the commandment and the law that Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you. To love the Lord your God. To walk in obedience to him. To keep his commands. To hold fast to him. To serve him with all your heart. With all your soul. Uh, clearly, God has done all this. Well, you're going to love him and serve him. Right? That, that's, that's the right response. And, and it's not just these first few verses. Actually, the whole chapter is about loyalty. Because when they go home, they do something weird, as you probably heard. Uh, verse 10, when they came to Gilead, near the Jordan, in the land of Canaan, the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh built an imposing altar there by the Jordan. They built this huge altar. Um, why? That's the question, isn't it? Because you're supposed to have just one altar yeah, at the tabernacle. That's where you're supposed to worship God. And now they're building a, a, you know, an altar all the way over there. Oh, what's wrong? And so they, they get together. They send, uh, <laughs> they're ready to do something about it. They send a delegation. And they, they ask, well, hey, we should be loyal. Why are you doing this? Right? Verse 16 the whole assembly of the Lord says, how could you break faith with the God of Israel like this? How can you be so disloyal <laughs> and, and do this? Look at what happened in history, like at Peor, uh, when we committed idolatry. And, you know, uh, how can you do this? And the tribes say, no, 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 we're, we are loyal. This, this is, you know, if we're disloyal, yeah. yeah. Verse 22, if this has been in rebellion or disobedience to the Lord... Uh, do not spare us today. If this, you know, no, no, why did we do this? Well, we, we are loyal. There's nothing to do with sacrifices. No, we want to stay loyal. What is their fear? Uh, verse 24. No, we did it for fear that someday your descendants might say to ours, what do you have to do with the Lord, the God of Israel? The Lord has made the Jordan a boundary between us and you you Reubenites and Gadites. You have no share in the Lord, and so your descendants might cause ours to stop fearing the Lord. Hey, you would keep us away from God. We want to be loyal, but you're, we are afraid you will stop us because of this big river between us. You know, we are here and you're there, and you don't belong to the Lord. We want to stay loyal. That's why we have this altar to remind you that, you know, we worship the Lord and you worship the Lord and we're the same. Okay, you see, it's, it's all about loyalty, ultimately. And so, if you see this chapter, of course, a big thing, be loyal, right? That's the command, that's a great example here. You know, the crisis is resolved, everything is fine, everyone is loyal, it's good. Well, of course, for Christians, what does it mean for us? Well, of course, for, our, for us, the Lord is Jesus, right? Jesus is our Lord. And what do you res how do you respond to everything he has done? Just like for them, well, God has done all this. I'm going to love him and serve him. Same with, with Jesus. Jesus, he came down. He died on the cross. 
He paid for all your sins, gave you new life, is bringing us to the new creation where everything is right. Of course, you want to respond to that. You want to respond with your heart and soul. You want to trust Him and keep trusting Him and to live for Him with your whole life, of course. Right? It's, it's obvious. As the, don't know if you know the hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, it ends with that great line, Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Right? That's, that, that's how we should live. Yeah? All your heart, all your soul for this wonderful Jesus. I, I hope you feel that. I hope as we've gone through Joshua, yeah, I want to be loyal to Jesus. But again, we're going to hear more of that next week. We've heard a lot about that. I think the interesting thing in this chapter, it has a certain angle to that, a certain dimension to this loyalty. And that is, this is about well, the Lord, not the land. The Lord, not the land. Because what's the issue here? What is the thing about this crisis? Well, the tribes are afraid you're going to exclude us. Based on what? Based on geography. Based on the fact, well, we're not in the promised land. We live on the other side. We, we are not part of Israel. And they want to say, well, look, that's why we have this altar. We, we're afraid of that. And in fact, that it's not just here. It's all through the passage that the writer is asking that question. What do you need to do to be loyal to the Lord? What makes you God's people? I mean, did you find verse 11 a bit strange? Look at verse 11. When the Israelites heard that they had built the altar on the border of Canaan at Galilot, near the Jordan, on the Israelite side. And they talk about, you know, the west, that's the Israelite side. That side isn't. Sounds like that, right? Or verse 14. With him they sent ten of the chief men, one from each of the tribes of Israel. Surely there are 12 tribes of Israel, not 10. It's not an error. The writer is trying to get you to think. Are these guys Israel? And the chapter, of course, says yes. These guys, they, they, they live over there. Yeah, they, they live on the other side of the river. That's right. They're not in the promised land. But, you know, they're, they're loyal to the Lord. And, and that is what matters. That is what matters. They, they, they are faithful to the Lord, and it doesn't matter that they're not in the promised land. That is the key here. Loyalty to the Lord, it doesn't depend on being in the promised land or not. Right? Can you see that? That is the thing here. Uh, yes, the land was important, and we've had a whole book, you know, we're going to get into the land. But God wants to say, no, it's not just about the land. Actually, the land is just a place where you live with God. This is about the Lord. The Lord, not the land. And that, I think, has big implications for us. Because we're, you know, we're not in the promised land. We're not even on the other side. We're in Hong Kong. It means we can worship wherever. Number three, worship wherever. The thing is, yeah, God is teaching... You know, it's not just about the land. It's about being loyal to the Lord. And so that side is okay. And, and I don't know if you ever feel like that. You read the Old Testament and it's all about the land. 
and you can feel this is where I meet God, and that is the only place. And these, but these guys, you know, they go home, that's fine, serve the Lord there. This was so important for the Jews later. They weren't always in the land. 800 years later, they were kicked out, and they were there in Babylon or Persia. What do we do now? We're not in the land. And they read this chapter, and, you know, you can worship the Lord right here, right now, in Babylon. You don't need the land. It's about the Lord, not the land. And yeah, then you can go further east, right? You can go to Hong Kong. After all, God's plan is never been just, you know, just uh, the land. It's never been for that. You know, God is the God of the whole world. He wants the whole world uh, to follow him, right? And he, so he, he wants people, his people to live all over the world. That is his ultimate plan. And he's already taking little steps. Hey, guys, it's not just about the land. You know, God, Abraham was promised all the nations will be blessed. And so you can serve God here. You can come to know God here. I mean, can you imagine what it's like? All God's people live in Israel. How are you going to find out about Jesus? How are you going to find out about God? You need to go all the way over there. How many of us heard the gospel in Israel? No one, right? <laughs> but it doesn't matter because God's people can live everywhere and you don't need to then go back. <laughs> you know, of course, they, they had this altar. They had some limitations. They had, you know, and uh, there was this altar, and they had to go there three times a year. So they couldn't go too far away. Imagine you live in Hong Kong, and three times a year you need to fly to Israel <laughs> and, and worship sacrifices and fly back. I mean, but Jesus changed all that. You know, Jesus made it truly international because Jesus said it's really no more place. And he met this woman in Samaria at a well. And she said, sir, uh, should we worship on the mountain or in Jerusalem? And Jesus says, neither. Because there's going to be no more altar, no more sacrifices. I offer one perfect sacrifice and now you can live anywhere and serve God anywhere. That's the thing here. You know, you can serve God here in Hong Kong. You can people can find about Jesus here in Hong Kong, not just in Israel. And we, we take that for granted. We think that's so normal. It was revolutionary. So many religions, right? You still need to go to Mecca on pilgrimage if you really want to be holy or bathe in this particular river. No, it's not about the land. It's about the Lord. That's, that's wonderful, isn't it? Do you ever... I don't know, do you remember when we still had, only had landlines? You know, you only had a telephone in the living room in your house. And you want to make a phone call, you need to be in the living room. Maybe at some point you got a wireless phone and you could go to the bedroom, but you couldn't go any further. And you tried to call people and often they were not at home. They need to make an appointment. Are you going to be home at four o'clock? Then I'll call you. <laughs> and now we have mobiles. Uh, you can go anywhere. And... On Tuesday, my, my parents called my daughter while we were driving on the, you know, on the expressway to congratulate her on her birthday. Isn't that wonderful that, you know, you can now call anywhere? And this chapter says we can worship God anywhere. And, and, and not just, you know, Hong Kong. Sometimes we bring the same attitude to church. 
that we think, you know, Sunday, that is the, the holy place. Sunday is, you know, when I'm in the presence of God and, you know, when I worship and when I meet Him and then I, I go home after the service and it's my ordinary life and my ordinary work and I wish it was Sunday again. Maybe you feel like that. Uh, you wish you were a pastor because then you were always in the church. And No. Everywhere. You know, you, you, it's not about the land. It's about the Lord. You can serve God everywhere. You can go home and serve Jesus there. And you can go to your workplace and be loyal there in the most godless office in Hong Kong. You can be there for Jesus. And God actually wants that because he wants everyone in the world, including that godless office, to come to know him, right? Isn't that a wonderful thing? And we say that every time at the end of the service. I don't know if you ever pay attention to those, uh, those words, what they mean. At the end, there's a blessing, and then we say, now go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Isn't that this chapter? These tribes... Joshua blesses them, and then he says, go home and serve the Lord. It's not that the service is over, see you next week. No, now it starts. You are going out to serve the Lord in your homes, in your workplaces, in your apartment blocks. Isn't that wonderful? You can serve him there and then. It's not just in the land. It's not just in church. Everywhere. That is what God wants to say to us. And yeah, that makes it meaningful, right? Your life, your whole life has meaning. Everywhere you can be loyal to Jesus and love him and serve him. Again, we take it for granted. We think that I knew that. I hope you realize this is special. This is unique and this is wonderful. By the way, it also works the other way, right? Coming to church doesn't make you a Christian. It's the Lord, not the land. If you, some people, they think, I'm going to church, now I'm a Christian. No, it's, do you trust Jesus? Have you, have you come to him for forgiveness? Okay, that's the, the Eastern tribes. It's a, it's a big message for them, a big message for us. The only thing we also need to spend time on is the, the Western tribes. Because they, they, there's a message for them as well, and that's a message for us. So for, for them, it's, you know, be loyal to the Lord, and you're not in the land, but that's okay. Of course, what is it for the Western tribes? Well, they're not in the land, but that's okay. You guys should still accept them and welcome them. Right? They, they are, they're still Israel. And so, you know, don't exclude them. Because what matters is not the land, it's the Lord. And they worship the Lord. That is what matters. Huh? Of course, behind that lies that God actually wants them to be together. He, Abraham was supposed to become a great nation, not nations, not individuals, not even a, you know, a West Israel and an East Israel, Guangdong and Guangxi or whatever. No, one Israel. God wants his people to be together. That's partly the point of that altar, that at least three times a year they were all together. I don't know if you noticed how, what a group thinking there is here in this chapter. Right? They always think in groups. They, you know, all the tribes need to go into the land. And they send someone from each tribe in the delegation. And what you do matters because it will affect us because we are a group. And we, we are very individualistic. It's just me 
and I come to church for my songs and my sermon. No, no, God wants us to be together. And actually, that's the big reason why you come to church. Maybe you think, actually, it doesn't. I can serve God anywhere. I don't need to come to church. Actually, God also wants us to be together. He's building one united nation. And so that's why we come together, to be a community. How can you be a community if you're never together? That's, that's, that's one thing. But, but who is part of that community? Who should we welcome and accept? Well, this chapter is clear, isn't it? It's not the land, it's the Lord. Anyone who belongs to Jesus is welcome. And it doesn't matter where you're from. That's so nice here, isn't it? We are from so many different places. If we're English-speaking, that's a limitation. But we're an international church. You can't actually have a national church, right? Because it's not about the land, it's about the Lord. And, and, and actually, that's great. Maybe in, in May, uh, I think, or June, we're going to have an international day and everyone brings their own food. And it's fantastic that we're, you know, from all over the world. And, and not just lands, you know, we're different ages and stages and education levels and whatever. And again, that doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter where you're from. It matters sure, that you're from the Lord. And actually, sometimes churches exclude people. Well, you, you have to be like this. You have to be a Christian and be like this. And we don't want that. When we have communion, we say communion is for all Christians. It doesn't matter your church background. If you love and trust Jesus, you're welcome. And I hope we are like that. I hope, first of all, you are think of others. That when you go to coffee, it's not just a bunch of strangers in the way. No, we're family. It's wonderful that we are a family who care for each other. But let's care for everyone here, not just those who are like us, also those who are different from us. And, and it's not easy. I mean, these tribes, they were family, and they didn't find it easy. They were suspicious. They nearly fought. The next book, Judges, is full of civil wars. When they let go of the Lord, they also start fighting with each other. But no, we, Jesus has made us one. Jesus has... In a way, he's taken away all our background because, you know, our background doesn't make us acceptable to God. It's Jesus. And so through Jesus, in a way, we're all equal. And that means we, we can be together. So, so let's do that yeah, with everyone here. Again, it's a challenge for me as well. It's easy to gravitate to those you know, those who are like you. Let's try to talk to someone completely different from us today. Isn't that a wonderful thing to put this passage in perspective? And then, of course, even wider than that, right? There, there's more churches uh, in Hong Kong. We work together with a few of them. We are part of an Anglican church, and we try to do things together with them. Of course, we can't meet all together, right, with, you know, a, a million Christians in one building that doesn't fit in Hong Kong. But, but we can do other things. So finally, let me encourage you with that, uh, that last slide, uh, the One app. Right, we talked about that, and, and you know, it's great for just for you as an individual, to hear God's word, to reflect on Easter. But even if you say, you know, I already do that, can we do this as a, as a church or even as one church in Hong Kong? Shall we take part in the One campaign? Not just for me, but because, you know, we're one church and, in fact, one church in Hong Kong. All the people who are loyal to the Lord, actually, we belong together. Let's be together. Okay, I, I hope that makes sense. I hope that's, yeah.
And that's an encouraging message, right? We can all be together despite our different backgrounds. Jesus has done that. Let's, let's do it. So, yeah, uh, I hope this is something we'll talk about. You know, we're going to sing a final song, but then let's talk about this and, and welcome each other because we're all loyal to the Lord, no matter where we're from. Okay, well, if the, as the music team comes up, we're going to sing a great song. It's not a very familiar song. I think we've sung it only one other time. But it's a great song because it talks about people from all over the world who are all different coming together and praising Jesus together. Uh, that is actually what we should be doing. So let's stand. Uh, let's think about the words we're going to sing. And this is also our time of offering. So if you are part of the church family, this is your time to bring your, uh, yeah, to contribute to the ministry here. If you're a visitor, please just uh, uh, let the bag pass by. We want you to just receive and be blessed. <laughs>